0: Episode 41 of the Cherokee Rewind. Thank you for tuning in. I am Mick. My guest this time around is a guy who was a goaltender for the Cherokee back at around the turn of the century. Makes us all sound old, doesn't it? 99-2000 and uh, in that era. And I believe uh, you played two seasons, didn't you, Andy?
1: Uh, yes, I did. Yep.
0: So 99-2000, two, 2000-2001. Uh, that's Andy Reynolds, our goaltender. And, uh, of course, I believe you wore 35, did you not, Andy?
1: Uh, my second season, yeah, I came in halfway through, and I, I did wear number 35. My first year, I wore number one.
0: Ah, yeah, you're right. Now I remember that. I just remember the second year. I remember the 35. But uh, we uh, now, of course, you were a, you're you're a, a guy from up in Michigan. What part of Michigan do you originally hail from?
1: Um, I'm from the Kalamazoo area, a really small town actually called Vicksburg, um, but yeah, Kalamazoo, usually when I talk about it, I, I say Kalamazoo area,
0: yeah. Okay, so now, uh, first off, uh, tell me about you as far as, you know, what got you into the game of hockey, Who who got you into the game of hockey, how old were you when you first started?
1: Yeah, uh, really cool story, actually. Um, so with me being in the Kalamazoo area, obviously we have the Kalamazoo Wings. Yep. Um, you know, they were, they're were they not too far from home. And uh, as a young man, um, my father used to take me all the time. Uh, a good friend of his was an uh, owner of a, a McDonald's, uh, a local McDonald's. And so he had season tickets. And so when he couldn't go, my dad would take the tickets. Mm-hmm. And as a young man, um, you know, I, I fell in love with the game instantly uh just the the speed of it the uh the 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 buzz and the crowd um obviously where our section was we were right next to the goaltender um the visiting goaltender so we got to see the visiting goaltender twice in the game and uh it just it developed um it it had its, its its hooks into me early and i just i loved it um I think I started skating right around four years old, and then, you know, kind of moving through house programs, and then into single A, double A, and then eventually triple A travel, and then, uh, breaking into the the, the junior realms, I think I was 17, I think, when I I finally first played for the Cherokee, and things kind of went on from there, yeah, so it it was really cool, um, I still kind of get chills every once in a while when I go to Wing Stadium, it's just, uh. Kind of remembering, you know, being a young man and falling in love with the game. Pretty pretty special.
0: Yeah, that is. That's something you never forget. Um, now, tell me about your youth playing. Were you always a goalie when you first started?
1: Um, I started out as a right wing. Um, I don't know why or how. Um, again, we're, we're talking 400 years ago now, of course. Um, but I was a winger, and um, I always had an obsession with goaltending. just loved it. Um, and so we, 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 tried to get, uh, into it as much as we could back then. It was kind of harder, just uh, the way the, the, the organization was, it was just kind of hard to get goaltending equipment to, to try and try out. You know, we didn't want to buy anything cause we weren't really sure. Uh, eventually we just kind of said, okay, let's take the plunge. I was young enough where, um, my parents would you know, they could afford the equipment and they're just like, okay, fine. So we did it. Um, and I loved it right away. The funny story about all of that is um, back then, because I'm a full right or a left-handed goalie, mm-hmm. it was very difficult to find gloves for my natural hand. So I started out playing goalie as a regular goaltender forever. And I struggled with it because I'm naturally left-handed. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't fall in love with being a goalie until it was a little bit later on. So I ended up doing kind of like a, like a hybrid system. We had two goalies on the team, the other, the other kid. Was a full-time goalie where we, he would play two games in goal, and I would actually skate out for two games, and then we'd flop. Then I would play two games in goal, and then um, we were able to kind of get the, the correct gloves for me. And then I never went back after that. So um, it was kind of a kind of an interesting hybrid of, of how things developed for me when I was really young.
0: Wow, that had to yeah. be really hard to play. I mean, when you're naturally left-handed and you don't you don't you don't have the uh, a wherewithal to get uh, left-handed uh, or gloves I mean did that throw your timing off at all or
1: um you know i'm not really sure i i was a really slow developer i, I developed um later so I, i'm not really sure it definitely was uncomfortable for me but uh as far as timing and everything else uh, I, i'm sure it made it harder I, i'm sure you know if you probably ask my parents they probably you know say one way or the other but i just remember not being in love with it because it was such a struggle for me at one point yeah
0: oh man that's crazy so mm-hmm. so now um who did you play for growing up what uh what uh, uh, teams did you play for?
1: So here, here locally we have Koha, which is the Kalamazoo Optimist Hockey Association. Um, they're still around. They're one of the longest-lasting organizations in, I think, in the country, actually. Somebody was telling me about that. So uh, I, I grew up in Koha with um, the, the house program, and then I played uh, some summer travel, which developed into uh, single-A travel, double-A travel, and then the, the AAA world was just kind of brand new to the side of the state. Um, there was a team called the West Michigan Warriors, and they competed in the Michigan National uh, League, which was actually back then Team Toledo had a AAA club, uh, Compuware, Little Caesars, you know, all the big boys. Um, back then there was the Frazier Falcons before they became Tire, the Michigan Nationals, um, Chicago Young Americans. So that was I, I played AAA for, I want to say, when I was 11, 10 or uh, 11 or 12, up until I was... 16, maybe, and then that's when I started trying out for Toledo. I didn't make Toledo my first year. Uh, Rich Pine actually is a local guy. His sister and my sister are best friends. I don't know if you remember Piner at all or not, but I still see Richie every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but Piner was my connection because he had played there the year before. Um, I wasn't ready, uh, so I didn't make make the team, so I went back to AAA for a year midget major. and Then I made the, the the next year, is the year I made it after the Cherokee had won the national championship, so um, and then after that, I, I went to the Grand Rapids Bearcats in the North American League. And then the um, where did I go from there? I went to the Georgetown Raiders and the OHA. And then that's when uh, I they they let me go and I came back to Toledo. So that was the year you were talking about, Mick, where I came back at War thirty five. Was that season? Okay. And then after that, yeah. And then after that, I went to Mooresville State in the. Uh, in the JUCO. Now they're a uh, SUNYAC team, but it was a JUCO. I went to SUNY Mooresville uh, two years there and then went to transfer to Findlay, Ohio, which was a D1 program. Uh, Left there a semester and went back to SUNY Brockport in Rochester, New York. And then after that, I kind of cut my teeth with a cup of tea in the minors with the Muskegon Fury in the United League. And then uh, after that, I went down with the Huntsville Havoc and the Southern Pro, and then finish up with the Jackson Hole Moose and the Independent West
0: League. Wow. You got around.
1: Right. So, yeah, a couple of miles. A couple of miles on my tires.
0: Just a bit. But, uh, yeah. so, Andy, let me ask, um, what originally is, the, how would you say it would best describe, uh, I mean, like, talk about in your uh, high school era. Did you play high school locally, or did you just stick to travel?
1: It was strictly travel. Um, the, the the local high school it was it was very competitive. It was it was probably that era was very strong uh, for for this area. There's a lot of really good competing teams. It just was. It wasn't necessarily the the best option for what we wanted to do. Um, we felt like we had an opportunity to be in the funnel, and you know, obviously, um, with Toledo having the success and, and Toledo having. Um, you know the depth that they've had over all the years. We wanted to try and get into you know something like that. I mean, we weren't sure it was going to be Toledo, but we knew that the junior level was something that we wanted to be into. And that's not taking away from high school hockey. I mean, there's there's a lot of great high school hockey. It was just our path was just a little bit different at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we we knew that we wanted to, to get into juniors because we wanted a chance to go to college. That was our goal was to get to college.
0: Mm-hmm. So and that was it. Yeah. So now, um, what uh, what was it that got you to Toledo? I mean, the first year. I mean, were you recruited? Were you? uh, Did you just go and attend an open tryout? What? How'd you get there?
1: Yeah. So it was it was uh, open tryout. Um, I never. I've never been drafted ever. I've never had any. I mean, maybe later on a little bit more. um, We had a little bit more attention from other organizations. But, no, it was just an open tryout. Um, Like I said, we were really close uh, friends with the Pine family. And, you know, Richie was talking about, hey, you should try out and get some exposure. Um, I believe he talked to Coach Searing about, hey, young guy looking for some exposure. And, you know, it was uh, one of those deals where it was kind of a favor. And uh, come on out and got to kind of see a couple different things, you know. Like uh, obviously Hank Avink was there. Um, he's he actually lives in the town right next to where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Piner, he's just on the other side of Avink, which is kind of a trifecta for where I live. You know, so it was just kind of neat, you know, to kind of kind of come out and get some exposure and and see what the next next level is. Because here I am, a sixteen year old kid, and at that level, now you're you're playing against twenty year old men with beards. Yeah. You know, so there's a, a little bit of a culture shock when you're when you're a young fella that can't even grow sideburns to, to going out here and, 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 and trying to try out with teams that eventually was going to win a national championship. But, you know, I didn't know that going into it. And it was just one of those things, I think, um, I, think I can't remember the goaltender's name for that year, but he was really strong. And I think Sammy Horton was with the team that year as well, who was yep. my partner the following year. Yeah. So there was there was a lot to learn from these these veteran players, you know, and mm-hmm. it was it was kind of a, a good deal. It was a great way to tip my toe, dip my toe into that water, and see what was going to happen. Luckily, it just it took another season, but um, the experience was worth everything.
0: Yeah, I think you're thinking of Ron Wheatman.
1: That's why I, I was going to say Wheatman, and I knew I was wrong. That's why I didn't say it.
0: Yeah, close enough, close enough. Okay. But uh, it's uh, yeah, he was uh, he was there. It was him and uh, him and Sam. Uh, and uh so they they were the yeah they were the tandem we rode all the way to Simi Valley uh and uh championship but uh now when you came out came along that first year uh what was the camp like for you I mean were you nervous were you anxious excited
1: yeah I mean I, I think it's it's all those things for sure um you know coming into a camp I I would again not drafted um one of my teammates uh, and good friend, Scotty Johnson, he was drafted and so, you know, Scotty and I had uh, grown up next to each other our whole lives and to know that Scotty was drafted was kind of uh, kind of a push for me to kind of come into camp. I really wanted to have a good showing. Um, you know, I always want to play well. You, I never know where the, the cards are going to fall. I wanted to have a good showing and if it wasn't going to be for that year, maybe the next year, knowing it was going to be an age out year for me. So I was just trying to leave a good impression um, I really didn't know. I just I, I come in with a, the mentality of hey, I just want to play well, and you know, I, to be honest with you, I really wasn't expecting to make the team. I, I just I didn't. I just wanted to, to play well and and hopefully leave an impression for the following season. That's kind of how I looked at it.
0: Well, I guess the other thing too is how would you say um, the uh, uh, how would you say what kind of a uh, Um, chemistry was in the room that you could tell
1: uh that the the, my rookie year it was um it was it was very close-knit and and it was guys hung out a lot together and for me it was a little bit different i was still in high school so i I still had to i still had to go to school every day and you know get out of school go to practice where some of these other guys were all living together like scotty j uh krolak um Gosh, I can't remember all the guys, but there's a bunch of guys, Fish, all those guys all lived either around each other or with each other. So I spent a lot of time, you know, with guys like you know, Justin Davidson, Jeremy LaBianca, um, Brandon Meisner. We were always really close because we were all still high school guys. You know, uh, Davey and I were at the same school, and then uh, Lobby and Meis were just up the street in Summerfield. So, we, we you know, it was it was really tight-knit because the age-out the, the age guys were, you know, they all lived together. Mm-hmm. Us younger school guys were all close to each other. So the they kinda kept the room really close. Like there was there was a lot of good relationships. Um you know, Scotty Cozen team, he was fun. There, there was just a, a bunch of a bunch of character guys and I think that we just we gelled right away and then we come out of the gate, winning in a bunch of games. Um I think that just made us super strong. I, I, I didn't think anybody knew how strong we were gonna be, um, but we, we knew that we we were gonna compete together. We were going to war as brothers for sure.
0: So no, when you guys played, um, uh, you know that's the one thing about being a uh, being a goaltender. You don't have, uh, you know, everybody's your teammate, everybody's your line mate out there in front of you. You know, there's you know you know the forwards have their their line mates, the defense partners have their partners, and then there's you. <laughs> You're the last line of defense. Uh, who? Uh, some of those guys. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to remember. Um, was, uh, was, did Justin Davidson, was he on, your, on the 99 team?
1: Yes, we were rookies together. Yeah, Davey and I were rookies together, and he was there when I, I had come back uh, the following season. He was there. Uh, Casey Welch, uh, uh, Robbie Kurt, um... Jeez, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember everybody. I'm trying to. But, yeah, those those are the names that, that come to mind. So, and you're talking about some pretty important guys. You know, obviously, Robbie Kurt was a return guy that, that won a national championship. Um, Casey Welch, you know, he was just a, a, a tough-nosed kid that, that could, you know, he, he definitely protected his guys very well. He, you know, he was, he was a tough defenseman. Um, I can't think of uh, – Mr. Paulson's first name, but he was—he was a big toughy. Um, you know, he—he he definitely controlled his side of the ice. So it was everybody, everybody. Just, I, I felt like I, I had a great chemistry with everybody. I, I don't feel like um, there's anybody. You know, it, I wanted to play well because I had those guys back, knowing they had my back. If I gave up a soft goal or, or something weird happened those guys had my back. They'd go get it back. You know, okay, don't worry about it. We're going to go score a goal. We'll get even, you know, you got this kind of a thing. And if there was a situation where we're down five on three, you know, I, I really wanted to work hard to make sure that, you know, if we could kill off a five on three, I know the boys, were, they would get energy from that, you know. So I wanted to stop pucks just as bad as
0: they wanted to score. And it just, it, it, we fueled each other for sure. So let me ask you, uh, how, uh, what what in that first year, did you have to do anything crazy for any kind of rookie initiation?
1: Uh, I can't remember. I had to do. I think I had to shave my head. Um, I don't. I, I remember. I remember the whole TC thing being shaven into some of the other guys' heads. But with me being a high school kid, I think they showed a little, little bit more mercy um, and just. I think they just. They, they they took it down nice and short. But I, I don't remember anything else um you know just rookie stuff picking up pucks uh, at the end of practice you know water bottles you know stuff like that but nothing nothing too bad like i said the, the guys were pretty close-knit you know and you had to pay your dues to to, to be a, a teammate you know for a little bit like i said picking up pucks water bottles nothing too serious um i remember when cozy had the tc shaved into his head um that was pretty awesome for a week i think he had that that was that, that looked pretty good on him i think but uh no, um it was it was just a different deal and I don't know if it being a goaltender where maybe they're a little bit more lenient with me being a goalie. Um everybody always has their opinions about goalies, so but no, it wasn't bad. It was everything was really everything was it was smooth, everybody was very receptive right away.
0: Okay. So now um talk to me about your relationship with Jeremy Labianka. Labby's a piece uh-huh. of work, man. <laughs>
1: Uh, man, Lottie, um, you know, for the longest time, um, well, first off, we got, we got along right away. He's just uh, a bigger-than-life personality. Like, I don't know how anybody could sit in a room with that guy for more than five minutes and not have their stomach hurt from just laughing so hard. He's just... He's just a ball of energy. Um, he's a funny guy. He's just—he's one of those guys where he's—you he, 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 just—you want to be around him because you just—you don't know what he's going to say next. Um, I, I had—I had an absolute blast with Jeremy. Um, uh, any chance I had to, to hang out with him and Meisner was the other one. Um, I made sure I hung out with him as much as possible. Uh, we, Jeremy and I, actually held a really good relationship for for years after the fact um i went down to florida to go see him um before i started you know my freshman year of college just uh, all kinds of stuff we kept up with uh, text messages and obviously now facebook social media you know i still hear from him a little bit so it's um it doesn't seem like like a whole lot's changed with him as far as just his personality and his charisma It's just it's so fun he's just so fun to talk to
0: that's that's awesome now um who uh, you know you talk about uh, davy i mean davy was the exact opposite not, not that he wasn't someone that wasn't a good guy because he's a fantastic human being. It was just that he was the quietest guy you ever wanted to come across. Just a real quiet, didn't say a whole lot, and just kind of kept to himself. But, man, you got in, you got in front of his goaltender, man. He knew how to clear the front of a net.
1: Yeah, and Justin, and that's exactly. it. I spent a lot of time with Justin too, being that we, you know, we were in the same school together at Bedford. Um, he was a very intelligent man. Um, I'm not sure how many guys, you know, got that from him or whatever. But he was very intelligent. He just he he handled himself professionally all the time, and I don't know if that's just the way he was raised or if that was his mentality or or whatever. But he was. I always looked at Davey like a just a, a complete professional. I mean, he was fun to be around. There's a time and place for everything with him. Um, I got to watch him, you know, in, in our homeroom. It was uh, his drafting teacher, so he was always working on architectural drawings and drafting drawings, and he was just very, very intelligent, just a, a, a great guy, a good friend. You know, he was just one of those guys. He, he was another one that you just always wanted to be around because he was fun. He was just fun in his own way, and he never really seemed to ever do anything wrong, and that's that's always a good thing to be around.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, so that first year, You know the team. The team put up a a good chunk of wins. Uh, That was probably, I want to say. I mean, that was probably one of the more fun years, uh, because it was like, I had just started a couple seasons before, and it was like uh, going to nationals again. Man, this uh, this you know we had won the year before, and uh, the year before that we lost in the championship game. So I was like, man, we must go to Nationals all the time or something. You know, this is normal. Yeah, the s- sad part is never got one since, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you don't realize how, how special that is when you get that opportunity. Uh, it, it, it's not something that comes very often. And so, but at that point, you guys were in the midst of, uh, the, you know, the team was in the midst of a, of a streak there where we went several years in a row, went to Nationals and uh were a very very powerful team, and you know it's it was just uh just one of those things that you don't you some people take it for granted, but uh I didn't you know i was like wow this is this is awesome, and yet you know you still had uh you still had these guys that were uh you know some of the names had changed, but some of them you know were uh still very very talented uh you guys had you guys had some great character players and that's what i really enjoyed the most was the fact that you had guys that could uh, that could play but uh they weren't uh they weren't you know just let's screw around see what we get away with they were they actually were there doing what uh you know yeah they could be goofballs but they knew that they had a job to do at the end of the day and they were able to do it for the most part
1: okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think I think that comes from, from the, the staff. You know, um, Scott Searing, you know, Scott was uh, you know very hockey-intelligent uh, coach. Uh, he was, you know, he was um, – I wouldn't say – I don't know if strict's the right word because I don't want him to – I don't want to make it sound like he, you know, he wasn't fun to play for or anything like that. But Scott, you know, Scott definitely had – uh, his way of doing things, and it was you know because he knew what he was doing. Um, he had success with with implementing his rules, his systems, his everything. Then he had you know Todd Omi, who you know Todd Omi, I, I still talk to, to Omi all the time. Um, in fact, I just was in Toledo two weeks ago and, and made sure I said hi to him. Um, you know, you had you had these two personalities, and the, the common denominator with those two personalities is, is winning um they were they were there to win and they they did their job they did it well um and i just yeah you are expected to to behave a certain way you're expected to to do things as you are asked stay out of trouble don't you know don't embarrass yourself or your team um and if you can manage to just do those things the you know the success that you're going to have is going to be well worth it and you know, and you're right. We went to nationals, and we we drew some really tough cards in nationals with drawing Ventura. You know, and Ventura I think was number one or number two in the nation when we had to play them. Um, you know, and there was I can't remember who else we had to play while we were there, but it was it was a tough draw. And, and it was uh, the leadership is what got us there. You know, the, the talent the talent came because of the leadership. The leadership drew that out of out of our team. I I think.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Now I'm trying to remember where was nationals the first year.
1: Uh, I think it was in Blaine, Minnesota. I think that was the first year, um, that Schwanz Arena was actually there and they, they held nationals there. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yep. I believe you're right. I believe you're right. I'm just trying to, I was trying to work. Cause I know the following year, uh, 2000, 2001, it was in, uh, Hartford. Yes, sir. That's correct. Yeah. So I just remember that because I took a bloodbath playing poker, uh with uh some of the referees that were uh officiating the tournament uh me omi and uh I'm trying to remember who else uh from the cherokee and then uh some of these officials and stuff they got they got me um they got me hooked on uh three card guts which i never up until that point I never knew how to play had no clue and uh they just were like no oh, it's really easy, it's really easy I'm going uh okay. And then like no wait 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 you mean a, 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 a straight beats a flush what yeah you know it's like these guys are just like and they just they took me for a ride and I just I was like crap but uh, that's that's what I remember about that but uh, but anyway getting back to uh, getting back to what you know with you playing in that first year and what would you say was probably your. Uh, your takeaway as far as uh, how long did it take you to realize that you you fit in and you belonged?
1: Uh, it, it's funny. You, uh, it's so funny you ask that question because I could tell you the, ex- the exact game, the exact save that made me feel like I had settled in. Uh, we were playing the Columbus Crush at home. And the Columbus Crush were a newer team, and they are an older team. Um, and we knew that they were good. They come out on fire. And so we knew we had a tough game with them at Tamo. Um, I had got the start, or it was my turn in rotation, however you want to put that, for, for that game. And I remember Stastny had a breakaway, and I made a glove save on him on the breakaway. Um, I remember being super nervous, um, knowing that they were good. I'm a rookie. Uh, the big thing was, is hey, we don't lose at home ever. You know, so there's there some pressure there uh, to to compete and, and perform well. And um, I just I remember being nervous. I don't remember. I don't think I played poorly. I just played, you know, nerved up a little bit. I remember making that save. And then after that save, it was just like everything slowed down for me. And then I just – I feel like I played very, very well. Um, and at that point, I think uh, with with the support that we had, you know, all the way around with the, the guys kind of railing at that point to, to play well, and I, I think we ended up tying that game 2-2 two to two or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just – at that point, it was just one of those things where I felt like, okay, I, you know, I can play at this level. Um, I need to play – I can play well at this level. And I need to, you know, be consistent at this level. And I think that was one of, you know, that time specifically jumps out at me. And I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I I feel like I brought a lot to the table once I felt comfortable. I, I felt like I could handle my own at that point, yeah.
0: So now, do you remember your first shutout?
1: I don't, know.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> Well That's okay, I don't either. But uh, yeah, I just thought <laughs> I'd ask, because usually I'll ask players if they remember their first goal. uh, I
1: really, you know, it's funny, um, I remember my first loss, and my first loss was against the Motor City Chiefs in Motor City, but I don't remember my first shutout, no.
0: Huh. Wow. Well, that's a goalie for you, though. They remember those things. Yeah. But, but, um, so, now, after that first season, uh, you got an opportunity to play elsewhere. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so um, we we were kind of working with St. Louis a little bit. Um, St. Louis had some interest. Uh, obviously, we had a really good year, and you know the North American League, with it being primarily Michigan-based, you know, just north of Toledo. Um, obviously, you know we were we were being looked at a little bit, not really talked to a ton. Um, St. Louis was really interested, and in St. So I think St. Louis and Toledo kind of had something going. Um, I think the coaching staffs or something might have known somebody. Each other somewhere down the line, but St. Louis was the the stronghold for us. Um, they ended up getting a, a major junior kid um, coming in, so that didn't really work out the way we wanted. And the Grand Rapids Bearcats, um, you know, they they kind of called late in the game. They're like, "Hey, listen, uh, we're interested." Um, a coach there, Brian Tulik, had coached me previously at the AAA level, so he kind of knew he kind of kept tabs on me. He he kind of knew my personality and knew my family. So, um, Tukes just kind of called me up one day and said, look, we want to do a tender. Um, you know, we want you to come in and, and be our starting guy. You know, this is, this is kind of where we're at. We're going to bring in a guy that's two years younger than you. And, you know, here we go. So, Excuse me, so to move up to the NAHL, you know that's, that's, that's a pretty nice promotion you know that the, the CHL was a, a really good league and it was a great developmental league to try and go to that that uh, NAHL level and so we did it um, it was interesting that going up um, didn't go as we had hoped and like I don't know how much you know about any of that, what? but uh, I broke my foot really bad in the off season. so going up to the NAHL I, I had a really bad Injury.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we thought it had healed. And so I go into to training camp and I'm having problems. I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, the season starts. Uh, I'm not getting any better. I'm really struggling. I'm not starting games because I'm still hurt. So now they're out looking for a number three guy to figure out what's going on with me. Long story short, I had a really nasty break, and it required surgery. And the surgery kept me out for a long time. I think I was in a cast for like three months. It was, it was really a really aggressive surgery that they had to do. Um, I didn't come back until almost first of the year. Um, played a handful of games, which was fine. Played, you know, played well, but it was just it wasn't the year that we were hoping for. Mm -hmm. So um, that year kind of came and went. That was my senior year in high school. Uh, You know, it just, it was was a tough year. Um, I I really, I was hoping to come in healthy. Um, Everything was, the table was set to to have success. Playing at Grand Rapids, you know, just an hour north from my hometown. You know, Western Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, all these big universities are scouting that league actively all the time. You know, so it was, the, the, the table was set to have a lot of success. And it just didn't go that way with having a really bad injury.
0: Man, that had to be rough. Um, So you you go in, and, uh, well, it just didn't work work out real well. So uh, how did you end up coming back to Toledo?
1: So I ended up, so uh, there was a, a gentleman that was friends of ours, wanted me to go play AAA up in Sault Ste. Marie on the Michigan side. We ended up not going, and then we were going to go again. So we we're going to after so after the uh, Grand Rapids thing, we were going to go up there. And we, he ended up becoming getting promoted to the the Sioux Thunderbirds, which is a Junior A team on the Canadian side. So we wanted to go ahead and, and, and try and see what was going to happen for for that team. Um, Coach Cappy was a, a terrific man, very well respected, um, and he's like, "Why don't you come on up?" So I said, "Okay." So. We're up there, and um, he gets a kid that came back. He was a major junior cut, again, and he's like, listen, this kid's good. I got to take him. The other kid's going to be the owner's son. Um, let me make a couple phone calls for you. So he makes a phone call to the Georgetown Raiders, and that then it was the OHA. And they said, yep, why don't you go ahead and come on out? <clears throat> so I went out there. Um, I, I had like uh, three or four games, kind of like a preseason thing. Uh, played well played very well and um, you know I I signed with them right away Um, partway through the year uh, the goalie who was there the year before went to Canadian University it wasn't really working out he still had some eligibility left and they they basically uh, welcomed him back and so that kind of put me on the outside of, of things and so I believe my father had reached out to Mr. LeMay and said hey listen uh, we were, you know, we were playing Junior A over in Canada, um, you know, things had changed. And so, you know, what is, is Toledo looking for anything? And Mr. LeMay said, yeah, I want you to go ahead and come on over here. So that's kind of what brought me back to that second year it was after I left uh, the Raiders, um, we reached back out to Toledo and Toledo said, yeah, I want you to go ahead and come on over.
0: Well, believe me, it's always good to have experience and, and a good goaltender at that. Um, now, the thing I remember about that second year, which is probably the thing you probably remember and would like to forget, yep. And you know what I'm you know where I'm going with this?
1: One hundred percent.
0: So uh, we were uh, up at Metro playing the Metro Jets, and I'm trying to remember was Corsini sick or who? No, it, was, it
1: was Chris Elliott.
0: So or Chris Elliott. Elliott? Yeah, he was yep. sick. He was yeah,
1: Chris. Sick. Chris had food poisoning, and so we had uh, Ryan Potts who had some sort of, I guess, high high school or something. He, he played goalie somewhere in, in, in his line of hockey, and so Pottsy was going to back up. But the funny thing was, is if you remember Chris, Chris was what maybe five eight. You know, Chris, Chris was a little bit smaller statured, and Pottsy was like six two. Yep. Um So there, kind of stuck out like a sore of thumb wearing Chris's gear. And uh, I think the Jets picked up on that very early in, in that game, of course. So it just uh, uh, it was it was definitely um, it was a battle in the blue paint. You know, um, there was one of me and, and two Jets in there with me at, at all times. And you know, back then it was a, it was a huge rival. You know, the Jets were were really good, um, mm-hmm. and so were we. And it was it was always a battle with those guys. And playing in that barn was always just it was difficult because they were. They played well. They're they're typically an older team. And um, I just remember, you know, getting bumped and nudged and ran into and poked and all that stuff. And all I remember, I, I remember being in the third period. I don't remember how far into the third, but I remember Nate Arthur was, was in front of the net with Andy Cote. And I remember the puck going from one side to the other. And all I remember, next thing I remember, was just being in this crazy pain, and I don't know what happened. I, you know, I, I it's not in the video. I have no, I really don't know. All I know is I got two guys laying on top of me, and uh, my leg hurts really bad. So it ended up being a, a pretty bad MCL tear, and yeah, I was out for a long time. Um, it was, it was bad. You know, it was coming off of a, a serious foot injury. You know, the year before, finally being healthy and cleared from that. To, being sidelined again now with a knee injury which as a goaltender that's never an ideal thing to have ever you know knees and hips are always tricky so here we are you know we're on the shelf again you know trying to figure out what's going on and I remember we went out and got uh, Ryan Skajinsky. I think that was, I think that's what his name was you know he, he came in and he you know he he backed up Chris quite a bit and um, you know I tried to get healthy as fast as I could and you know somehow some way you know the guys the guys continued to play well I mean the team the team was in great shape before I even got there so they, you know I don't think that I can say anything against them they were a really tight knit group coming in um and you know they were they were playing well they were winning games you know they had the battles with with Metro and then it was another year where we went to Nationals with Metro that year so it was yep. it was it was um it's a hard memory you know it's a hard memory to look at because I remember the frustration and and the anger that I went through coming off of a four to six months—I can't remember how long it was—with my foot, and now here I am again. It's on the same leg that my foot, no, broken foot, was. You know, so it's just—it was hard. It was hard to stay positive, but it definitely motivated me to try and be a good teammate and come back and be healthy and, and help these guys. Hopefully, win a national championship. So there, there's a lot of emotion in that.
0: Yeah, and I remember—I remember. I remember uh, matter of fact, I just recently did a podcast with Scott Gardner.
1: Oh Gardner, guy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Great he is. Guy. Yes, he is. And he was telling me, because I remember that when uh, Kote ran you, and yes, he did run you. Okay. And let's put it this way. Um, I remember because I got an email from him asking when the audio, uh, because I used to put the audio of, of all the games we did, I would put them up on my website. And so he sent me an email wanting to know, he goes, hi, this is number 17 from the Metro Jets. And I'm sitting there going, Okay. He goes when a, he goes um I wanted to know when you're gonna put the audio I want to hear the call and I it took everything I had not to rip him a new one but I was like okay you're you're an adult he's a kid let's just you know but then I remember telling, talking with guards about this and as Scott says he goes, yeah he says we saw him uh says we saw him out in the out in the uh in the uh what do you call in the lobby and says uh yeah uh, he says that kid gave he said he gave uh he gave andy a wink and almost started another 50 person riot in the middle of the of the lobby and everything he was he goes that he goes that was just he goes we were ready to kill and i i said i said you know from the equipment manager up through the players the coaches to the hockey broadcaster we were all ready to go go to war because we were fifteen types of po'd. I mean, yeah, just yeah. Uh, I mean, I was like I was livid, and I don't get mad. I usually try to stay detached. I was po'd, and I was angry, and uh, when that happened, and to do that, and then you know, uh, to to have to force Potsy in there because that's the only reason they did that. And yeah, and, and, yeah, and, yeah, they and up po- winning because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I recall that. Yeah.
0: And the thing was, is that Patsy actually held his own for the most part. He, it was kind of rough at the beginning, but then uh, then he made some good saves. I mean, and then I think he only gave up what two goals, two I, or three.
1: I, I, you, you, I don't remember honestly, Nick. I I, I, I remember I'll, all I remember was somebody told me that they kept shooting the puck from the red line. That's all I remember. I don't remember anything else other than. Potsy made a couple saves and they kept shooting the puck from the red line that's that's all i re- I don't remember everything else is so uh blurry whirlwindish um I, yeah it's it's real fuzzy for me, but yeah I, I remember that they end up getting a scoring a goal or two goals or something like that, and it was enough to win that game, which is it is what it
0: is but but uh yeah so and then and then to make things worse, I told this story before to make things worse um when we were at nationals, okay. Metros at Nationals with us from the CSHL, and I didn't stay at the same hotel as the team. I stayed at a um, at a different hotel, and so the hotel I stayed at was the same one that the owner of the Metro Jets did.
1: Butch, yep, I remember Butch. Yep,
0: and and the funny part was is that a couple of times they couldn't they didn't pick me up. Uh, the uh, the hockey team didn't come pick me up. So I was like, oh, crap. How am I going to get to the rink? And so Butch and his wife drove. They had a car, so they drove me to the rink. So I had to sit there and on pins and needles, wh- wh- white-knuckling, b- biting my biting my tongue, almost to the point of drawing blood. Uh, while these guys are, you know, of course, they have their way of seeing things, and I didn't say anything. I was just like, hmm. But uh, the thing is, is that I just, I, I tried to be real nice, real cordial, because they were giving me a ride, I couldn't, you know, but, uh, ooh, that, you talk about uh, eating some humble pie, that was, that was a rough one, and,
1: well, you, you know how it is, I mean, time time heals all, you know, I mean, yeah. um, I'm actually, I'm friends with Andy on Facebook, you know, um, obviously, we haven't talked about anything, and. You know, and I'm serious. I don't know what happened. I'm taking your word for it. I didn't see it on the video. I didn't watch the video. Um, I wasn't even looking in that direction when the accident happened. Um, you know, bygones guns are bygones, in, in, in my opinion. You know, if I, saw, if I saw any of those guys, you know, I would have no problem talking to them. If they wanted to talk about it, I'd talk about it with them, but it's... You know, we're, we're talking twenty years post haste. You know, careers are over and families have been, you know, have been made and all that stuff since then. And that's more important at this time. The one thing I will say about that whole situation, kind of being ugly and and, and the animosity that definitely developed from it, is um, I don't know if you remember their goalie, the big guy, Johnny Stepanovich. Yeah. Um, so Stapo and I were we were buddies before that. Stapo and I were in a couple different camps together. We were in St. Louis together. And Stoppo made sure that he came by to check on me um, after that had happened. And that he made sure, because I think we were in a showcase in Columbus, and I think that's where another incident in the, the lobby had happened. But I, Stoppo made sure that any time that we were in the same building, Stoppo made sure he checked on me. And he was just that kind of a guy. He was just a really good guy. So um, if there was any kind of bad blood, you know, he, he definitely was the right kind of a buffer to, to make sure things were good and yeah, I, I've lost track of Johnny. I, I hope he's doing well, but um, he's definitely the kind of guy I would love to sit with and just catch up. He just—we had a really, really nice relationship all those years.
0: Well, let me ask you: Did you ever talk to him back then about what happened? Who, Andy? No, uh, or,
1: or Stoppo? Stoppo. No, uh, nope. That never came up, and I don't, I, I don't know if it, I, I sure didn't want to bring it up right because I had this this monster thing on my leg to to keep my my knee from falling off my leg I guess but no and I don't think stop wanted to talk about it either um obviously he's looking at it he has the best view in, in all of hockey because he's looking from the other end so I don't think it was something that he wanted to bring up um and it definitely wasn't something I wanted to talk about because it, it just it didn't apply it didn't apply to our relationship it didn't apply to anything um like I said, he you know he showed his true colors by making sure you know coming in and checking on me. I mean, he he was still half undressed when he came into the locker room to say you know hey, are you all right? You know what's going on? You know and then uh, again in Columbus, you know we we're obviously in our straight clothes at that point, but he made sure he sat with me for a couple minutes and had a conversation. You know, so it's um, you know it, it, it's all good. Like I said, it's easier to forget now than than ever, but there there was some positive out of that. Really, really kind of a. I'll say unorthodox situation.
0: Yeah, that's putting it kindly. I give you. And I give uh, you full credit. We can talk
1: about it till the cows come home, Mick. I mean, it, it wouldn't take long, It wouldn't take much to get us both perked up. I don't. I don't think. But it's not the time or the place.
0: Yeah. Well, that's very mature of you. I, I really think so. I mean, and and that's. I think that's part of why, you know, um, again, that's p- why everybody else was so angry. Is yeah. because a lot of the guys saw it, and so they know what happened and that's why they were mad i mean livid mad and uh so you know i mean it i, I guess you know i can understand why Stipo wouldn't um wouldn't want to say anything because after all that's his it's his 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 teammate that uh yeah you know so it's like you don't you know so he's got to you know he's got to stand up for his brother so yeah. you know and that's how you got to look at it sometimes i guess but Still, I just uh like I said, that was uh that was not one of our one of the better uh days I've seen in a, uh for the Cherokee because like I said the only good thing the other good thing that really I think came out of it, honestly, was how uh it made us we were a tight group back then, but it made us even tighter because the, I mean to see uh not one or two guys, but literally everybody, whether they dressed or didn't. And they were all absolutely angry. I mean, angry, and it brought it brought the players together. And I think, well, I
1: think, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think, it, going off of recollection, and I, I can't remember what player had told me this, but I believe there was an ordeal on the stands shortly after it had happened with one of our players that wasn't dressed as well. But I, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm thinking of the right thing or not.
0: I heard the same thing. I can't remember. It's been it's been a couple decades, but uh, I can't remember. But I think if I remember enough, I know there was there were a couple of different uh, fracases that had broken out, yeah. and it's and number one, I hated playing in that barn anyway, uh, so that was that was reason that was reason that one did not want to uh, ha- have anything nice to say about Metro back then was because yeah. that barn was the coldest rink I ever played in or played yeah. in, uh, broadcast in you know that place it was colder in there in in inside in february it was colder in there than it was outside in february that's just
1: i've I've coached in that building since then and it's definitely one of the ones where you definitely make sure you have a couple pair of socks on i mean that i I remember um lakeland it was lakeland arena um and it's still I, i i coached it just a few years ago and it was um it hadn't changed, you know. I, I still walked into that rink and still kind of. I felt my lip curl up just a little bit in the <laughs> corner, but um, yeah. It is. It is definitely super, super cold. Yeah,
0: I just it's not one of my favorite barns, that's for sure. So, and of course, now they they play out of uh, Fraser now. So, yeah. yeah. So, but um, so anyway, now uh, after Toledo, after you finished playing in Toledo, you went on. And uh, you played several other places, including the minors. Uh, tell me some of the experiences you had as far as putting on the putting the miles on, and where you know what uh, what were some of the longer stays you had in places outside.
1: Well, you know, it's going to kind of sound a little bit um, like a suitcase, but I didn't really stay anywhere more than two years, just by the, the nature of, of how it had gone. Um, so after. After Toledo, so if you if you remember, and when we were in Hartford, we played the uh, Wheatfield. Oh, I can't remember Wheatfield Blades. Yep. Um, from the Rochester, New York area, and um, an old friend of mine was a coach at Mooresville State. Mooresville State was a, a it was a two year a JUCO D one or Division one JUCO school, so it was only a two year school. Mooresville is a very very small town. And it's located pretty well between Syracuse and Binghamton and upstate New York. It's uh, it's in the hillside. Um, on the, actually, on the other side of the hill, actually, is Colgate. So that was kind of cool. And then on the other side of the hill going to the north was Hamilton College and then Utica and all that stuff. So I ended up committing to Mooresville um, as a freshman. And uh, we, you know, not knowing a whole lot about what's going on. Obviously, it's a whole other level I've never played at. Ended up um, playing, come out. I, I hit the hit the ground running. Started played very well. My knee had healed up. Uh, my foot felt great. Um, I was a, I was really in, in great shape um, mentally. I was ready to play at that level. Um, I was hungry. I knew that Mooresville had a history similar to Toledo's, where they they, they were a very well rounded organization, and um, you know they, they like to win. And so uh going in as a freshman and not knowing very many people, actually Brandon Meisner went with me, which was kind of cool. So I knew one guy going yeah. and, um, we had a really good year. Uh, we had a, a great, a great senior class that was uh, full of leadership and we ended up going undefeated that year and winning a national championship. So it, we, we definitely, we got our, our just desserts for, you know, from the coaching staff on, it was, it was driven. Hey, you know, we're going to win the big trophy this year. And uh, we did that. We, we fought it out and we, we did everything we could, you know, undefeated year, which is almost unheard of and in, in any sport. And we, yeah, we we put it together, and it was it was a lot of fun, very memorable.
0: Wow! Now, um, were there were there any other guys from the CSHL on your team, or just Brandon? Uh,
1: uh, I think it was just mice. Um, I it was it was just Brandon and I um, from, and I didn't recognize anybody else. I lost track of a lot of guys um, in a in sense. I mean, I knew Ryan Thompson really well from the Wayne Wheels. Um, we we stayed in contact a little bit. But no, um, up there was a lot of the. There's a lot of EJ. I think the, the league up there at that time was the EJ mm-hmm. and the Empire League. I think there are two of them, and a lot of those kids for those those schools uh, like uh, Monroe and uh, us especially. And then you got up towards the north country, which there's Canton, which is up there by Clarkston um a uh, bunch of schools you know north side so I, re- I really didn't know i didn't see any guys that i recognized if there were a couple i just i didn't recognize them it was a lot of those ej and uh empire uh league guys that had played out there
0: okay so now uh after you finished uh playing there you went and uh played in the minors for a little bit uh, that had well, to be i went
1: i went actually i went to the university of finley so oh that's right
0: um, you went to finley you were an oiler
1: yeah, so so it kind of came down to so I, I I had a I had a really good two years at Mooresville. Um, ended up like I said, first year you know we won a national championship. You know I had a couple of honors on the side. Second year we lost in the national championship one nothing it was the only loss of my career at Mooresville. I lost one nothing or we lost excuse me we lost one nothing in our own building. Uh, we were averaging six goals a game. We had three goals called back in that game. We lost one nothing in that game. Um, so the, the, you know, and that came with a couple other decorations, you know, all American stuff, you know, things that looked really good on applications. Well, Ferris State was definitely interested and so was University of Finley. I wanted to go to Ferris State cause I wanted to play in the CCHA, you know, be able to come to Western Michigan and, and, and play against, you know, my hometown Broncos.
0: Yep.
1: Um, it was just kind of a logistics thing where we were waiting to find out, how, uh, long story short is they had a guy had to leave for me to go in. The guy didn't leave. He was supposed to announce that he was leaving. He didn't do it. So Finley's like, well, we're, we still want you. So I ended up going to the University of Finley in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So things, things start out okay. Um, you know, They're not going all that bad. And then we had a coaching change. A new coach come in and pretty well said, hey, listen, uh, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of minutes, if any. So you know, and, and that's that's hard to hear. You know, you're committed to go in and to kind of get news like that. It, it's hard. So you figure, okay, well, I'll just I'll work hard and get through it, which I which I did. Um, and it just it didn't develop like again like we were hoping for. And so we decided to make a change. Um, we started calling some SUNYAC schools, uh, and we basically had three schools that we were looking at for what I wanted to major in or what my major was in. And then we basically decided to go back to Brockport State. Which was in Rochester, New York. Um, again, Suniac League's a very good league. Uh, back then, it was a very strong league. They had some NHL draft picks actually in that league back then, so it was it was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, went there for a year and a half and played played very well. Um, we struggled, you know, like we just we were a young team and we just kind of we struggled. We struggled to put games together. As a goaltender, I got a lot of work, so I was able to develop. Um, you know, in the wins and losses category, it was probably uh, not not what I was used to from coming from Mooresville and Toledo. But as far as a de- developmental thing, you know, becoming a young man, 22, 23 years old, you know, it was definitely a big thing to develop at the right way at that level at that time. And then uh, we didn't make playoffs, and then uh, I'll never forget it. We, were, we finished our weekend off in Potsdam and Plattsburgh. Uh, way up in the north country, um, up by where Lake Placid is, and uh, my dad comes uh, comes up to me as I'm loading the bus. He goes, "Hey, I want you to. I'm going to take you back to Brockport." I'm like, "What? Why?" You know, my dad. My dad. You know, he was instrumental in my career. He never missed anything. I think my entire career, my dad missed five games. You know, so mm-hmm. he he was very intr- instrumental, a very big part of of my career. And he, he took me to dinner and he slid a, a a draft notice across the table to me and I was to report to the Muskegon Fury on Tuesday. So there was my big break to get a chance to play yet another level that every little kid and you know, from the time they can shoot a tennis ball in the driveway, they always they always wanted to somehow make it to to play for the Red Wings or whoever their favorite NHL team is, but there it is. There's a piece of paper on the table saying, Hey kid, you're gonna go pro and um, that was a whole other animal. That was that was amazing so my, my career got to be extended just a little bit longer
0: that had to be pretty wild i mean uh, what was it like playing uh, for the fury i mean because back then ah. back then uh that was was that the were they in the u-haul league or was that colonial still
1: nope it was u-haul yep it was definitely u-haul um and, and again so it, 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 as, as as history would repeat itself you're going into another city you know where uh, the teams have had tremendous success. You know, they had the Zephyrs, they had the Mohawks, they had the Lumberjacks, who was affiliated with Pittsburgh for all those years, when Kalamazoo was with uh, the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota North Stars. You know, so there there was, there was a history there, you know, and they'd won, they won the Colonial Cup the year before, you know. So here I am in another situation similar to Toledo's where I'm coming into a situation of a team that's expected to win following a championship season, so... You know, there you have it. I mean, the writing's on the wall. You know, you, you're expected to come here and compete and play well, and you know, we were expected to win. Then you have a whole city, so now it's not just a, a town or a campus. You have a whole city that's there and is cheering you on and wants to be there. And especially a town like Muskegon, that's just rich with history. You know, they wanted, they expected us to do well, and it was, um, it was almost, uh, almost kind of like in. in in awe kind of a moment because you you just don't know and then um people people are calling you by your name and you're in the community and people are asking for autographs and stuff like that it was very surreal and very humbling at the same time for sure
0: that had to be frightening (laughs) (laughs) nerve-wracking nerve It
1: mean. was special. I, I don't know how else to put it. Other, than it was just it was super special. It really was. And then of course that that year, you know, um, they, we went on to win the Colonial Colonial Cup. You know, so here you are. You know, all of a sudden every couple of years, it seems like you know you're, you're going to nationals. You know, with Toledo, then you're going to nationals with your school, and then all of a sudden you go to a th- another school where it doesn't go so well. Well, you're going to go to a winning team, and you know you're going to have an opportunity to win a championship there. So it's. Um, it's super fun, you know, and it's, it's it's exciting. You know, it really, like, talking about it, I'm getting excited because I'm reliving these memories.
0: That's what this is about, you know. I mean, being able to do that kind of stuff and let people know that you guys got stories to be told, you know, and that's why we do this. Uh, now, you had, um, so who did you guys defeat to win the Cup?
1: Uh, Fort Wayne Comets, which is funny because Ryan Potts was from Fort Wayne, and Ryan Potts knew that I was with the Fury, and I didn't dress in uh, I didn't dress in that last round of playoffs. And Ryan Potts sought me out in the stands and ended up sitting with me for a little while. And we, we caught up over some old times. So it was kind of cool.
0: That's really neat because he did have a cup of coffee with the K's, if I remember correctly.
1: I think, he did. I think you're yeah. right. I think it was like the year, the year before I was there, I think. I, I can't remember, but yeah, I think you're correct on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, but um, now, you know, I mean, still, that's still cool, though, the fact that you are able to win a, a, a championship as a pro, you know, that's, no one can take that away from you, no matter what. So that's pretty doggone awesome. So let's get now into uh, more modern-day stuff course all these things you know playing in the minors playing college uh playing juniors you are involved in the game about as much as a human being can be and now you went back home yeah tell me about yeah. this
1: yeah so after all of that uh you know um after things kind of settled down and and you know the end of the line is approaching you know it was decision time and it's okay do you do you keep chasing the dream for another ten years and, and and see 20 cities in ten years and you know not really know what your fate is as far as as a family or, or what you want to do as far as a career because it always it ends every time for everybody it's going to end someday so it's what you know what are you gonna do to prepare for that um, yeah I came back home um, and it was it was it was interesting um, trying to to do the the normal work thing because I hadn't had to do it yet. I was a college student. I was a junior hockey player, you know, during the minors, you, you practice for an hour a day and then you, you, you know, you ate lunch together and went golfing. I mean, there was all kinds of different things going on. So coming back home was, was a little bit surreal. Um, yeah. So I I ended up working at a hotel, um, for a year, um, just to, to make money and figure out what I wanted to do, pay some rent. And, uh, Ran into an old friend who worked at a very reputable corporation in, in this area, and she, she and my mother were really close friends. And um, she asked me, you know, hey, are, are you happy with what you're doing? Are you looking for more of a career thing? And I said, well oh, you know, I could always do something different. And uh, I ended up working in a machine shop as a machine operator for five years, and then I took a different position within that organization to more of a sales engineering technical kind of a role um and i've been with that company for 15 years and it's it's been absolutely magnificent there it's a good group of people um going into a situation like that at 25 26 years old and knowing i can retire um is a really really good feeling and you know i, I work hard for that company and that company takes care of me in return
0: well wow. now of course you still have a lot to give the game of hockey though Mm-hmm. Hockey, yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, with all of that, so coming back into town, um, obviously some of the, the, the people that I, I knew when I was a younger player, um, they had heard I was back. And so coaching was definitely right right there on the doorstep. Um, I, I coached at the AAA level as a goalie coach slash assistant coach for for 10 years. Um, back then, it was the West Michigan Hounds. So that was the AAA team. They then become uh, Meyer. Uh, my last three years, I was a head coach at the 2005 level for Meyer, um, and then, um, again, I, they, they treated me very, very well. Um, I got to be brought up by some very important people, um, got to know a lot of these other people, like uh, you know Mark Lawrence, who's become a, a dear friend of mine, who, you know, he was in the NHL for a while, and he was with the Cowboys Wings for a long time. Again, Brian Tulick, who is a dear friend of mine, um, you know, he was with the Hounds. Got to meet another just beautiful soul named Scott Chartier. You know, he was uh, Anaheim Ducks guy who, who was coaching. Um, it all kind of kicked off, you know, and I, was, I had 10 years of, of a lot of fun, a lot of hard work in developing as a coach and learning, learning things and, and developing and sharing for the last three years as a head guy. Um, then I went to a high, local high school. Uh, I was an assistant coach with a, a very good friend there for a local high school last year um we had it was, it was it was special because we had a lot of developing to do with these guys you know and, and these guys were i wouldn't say they were behind but they definitely you know they needed some attention to, to put together an all-around game and i, I feel like i brought a very nice dimension to our staff when it came to that and then this year i took out a brand new endeavor um with western michigan university so um their division one club team was looking uh, for a new head coach, and so I had interviewed well, and I was given the position. So I'm the head coach of the Western Michigan D1 Club Stallions hockey team. So that's a uh, again a whole nother new level that I hadn't been a part of, but uh, we're we're doing well. Um, obviously, COVID kind of has our backs against the wall with what's going on to a certain you know certain point, but we're we're anticipating playing in January. Um, Brad Korolak, uh his nephew actually is a student at the university and uh, ended up trying out, and we we kept his nephew on the team, so that that's kind of cool. And I told Brad about that, so Brad and Brad was very excited to hear that. But yeah, so we're, so we're still we're still doing it. Um, we're I'm hoping to stay here with with this club team for quite some time, and I'm really enjoying the guys and the speed and the level. And um, there's a lot of give and take with with our locker room, so it's it, it's been a really good experience thus far.
0: That's pretty incredible, you know. I mean, it's like I, you. I, I'm still trying to log in my head all the miles you've put on, but uh, from, from being a player to to where you are now, and oh my gosh, that's just crazy. But then again, that's just the life of a hockey player, isn't it? At least, that, I mean, it, it it pretty much is. I mean, with uh, as far as uh you know we we talk i mean i try to imagine what uh baseball players football players basketball guys if they could understand what it is to uh to log the miles that hockey people do you know i mean when you when you spend your vacation time uh on tournaments for your kid uh yeah. you know i mean it, it's a lifestyle you know yeah. it is yeah. and and you know you spend your your any time you get off you spend going to uh, recruit or scout or, you know, or, or if you're a kid, you're going to try out, you know, it's uh, somewhere. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, that hockey people do that, that I guess other sports, they don't realize what's involved. And it just, uh, it just, I mean, it, 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 just boggles my mind sometimes that, you know, we, the way that people do this in the hockey world and people don't under uh, in other sports arenas, they don't understand it, but that's okay. They don't have to. So
1: it's it's a love and a commitment, you know. And I mentioned it earlier with, with my dad being so important to to my career. Um, you know, we're, we're super very close. I, and I don't know if you remember my dad or not at all, Nick. That's but the he I just, do. He, he was always the guy in the stands. Uh, he, he, he always wanted to be there. Um, you know, he's retired now, and so he he gets bored. You know, he's still a very busy man, and uh, he comes to our practices just because he wants something to do, and, you know, he just, he, he's always there in my corner, and like I said, my mom, you know, God bless her heart for, you know, all of the games that she went to, good, bad, indifferent, and different, and the, the trials and tribulations of, of my father and I, as I was developing or playing well or not playing well. And family is everything, you know, and, it, and, and I'm lucky to have the family that I had with my parents willing to, to go the extra mile, you know, and it, it goes to my family. Now I've been with my girlfriend for, you know, I was kid with her and tell her it's been seven seasons, but we've been together for seven years and she's got two children, you know, that she, that she brought into our relationship and, and, without my family none of this happens you know and it's Mm -hmm. it's a big deal you know i don't do anything without saying hey heather you know what do you think about this idea or you know i almost didn't interview for the western job because i just wasn't sure and she's like you need to do this you know so she was the driving force to make sure that you know she wanted to see me succeed and and get a chance at that next level too so without without having a good family without having the, the right people in your corner none of it matters none of it because it's a super lonely place and i and i joke with my my friends about how hockey can be a a very cruel vicious animal if you let it you know i mean i i thought with being released you know a couple different times in my career getting released and not knowing what's on the other side of the hill is my career over is it not and that's just hockey showing its ugly head or it doesn't it's what have you done for me today you know mm-hmm. and um you have to perform and you have to bring your best game because you just don't know when it, when it's over that's it lights are off you're done you know hang them up so it's it's important, and it's it's important to tell those people how much you appreciate them. I mean, more so with me being my age now, um, it's it's easier for me to tell my dad how much I appreciate it. And we sit around and we laugh and we talk about stupid stuff. And do you remember this one time? Or you know, it's it's it's, it's fun. But as a kid, I wish I would have showed him just a little bit more gratitude for you know buying all the expensive equipment and. Making sure I was at the rink on time and making sure, you know, I had all the stuff. I used school clothes, you know, I mean, it's just as a kid, you don't think about that. But as an adult, you can look back and say, holy cow, you know, I really, I really had it well. And, and I, I can't believe all the sacrifices, all the overtime hours my dad ha- put in. But I was going to Mooresville, you know, my two years at Mooresville. I was a 13-hour drive. The guy never missed the game. You know, you just—it's stuff like that. You can't say thank you enough. And when you're doing it, you don't think about it because you're kind of selfish. you, you know, it is all mm-hmm. about you at that point. But it's—you gotta make sure you take time to say, "Hey, you know what? I appreciate everything you did."
0: Yep, and that's the most important thing. And I think, I think he, you're—he—he he realizes it because of of uh, the fact that you, number one, you're saying it, but number two, he sees what you're doing now and yeah. being a responsible adult you're being a family man you're showing you're trying to show uh you know that you know you're, you're going to be working with kids it's your turn now to do all those things and the fact that he's showing up even for a practice that's t- that should tell you right there what what he, you mean to him and the fact that you're doing all those things now and how important you know you're 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 showing your gratitude you're paying it forward And with with what you're doing now with coaching, so I think that's 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 a big, pretty darn big deal if you ask me. So Um,
1: yeah, it it is. It 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 really is. It's it's fun, you know. I get to have my family in my corner, and it's it's just kind of cool being on the other side of the puck a little bit. Um, There's nothing like playing. There's nothing like playing, but to be fortunate enough to be on the other side of the puck to kind of mold and share ideas and and, and some knowledge and and have some laughs and share some frustrations and, you know, grow grow as a coach as another dimension of being an adult is, um, it's a lot of fun. You know, you can still be as immature as you want, but, you know, when it's time to get serious and, um, you know, make important decisions, you know, that's just as important as having the fun. And it's it's been it's been uh, it's been a great ride. I, I really I don't have a lot to complain about. I've Been very fortunate. A lot of it's right place, right time. Um, but it's what you do with it when you have it, and that's why I think we're doing the right things as far as everything that we're doing. We're we're trying to do the best we can, and we're we're you know we're striving for success in everything that we do um, every day with my family, with with our team, with what's going on. So it's it's been it's been really um, it's been really nice. Very fortunate.
0: No question about it. Well, holy crap, Andy, it seems like only been about 10 minutes, but, we went, man, we did a great job here, man. It's, uh, it's been fun. It's, you know, here we are, well over an hour in, and, man. Yeah, I know, it doesn't seem like it, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. And uh, one other thing I was going to mention to you, Mick, and I don't know how much you talk to Coach Omi still, but... Um, I do. Do you? Okay, so I don't know if he mentioned to you. I've actually, you know, with what we're doing and trying to recruit, I've been in Toledo a couple different times, and I'm looking to build a relationship with the Cherokee to bring kids to Western Michigan and hopefully have an opportunity to play, you know, with the Stallions and hopefully have some success along those lines as a, as a collegiate athlete as well.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's an important thing is establishing relationships. You know, I mean, the Cherokee are really well known in places in the Mid-American Conference, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, Eastern Michigan, Uh, Ohio University, you know, why not add Western Michigan to that loop? That would be awesome. That would be really awesome, I think. And the fact that we have an alum at the helm, you know, for the club team, why not?
1: Yeah. I'm excited about the opportunities for sure. Um, I mean, and the thing is, is Toledo, you know, I've I've watched them, you know, I've been to a couple games and the winning ways are still going. You know, Kenny Kenny coaches, you know, with everything he's got. You know, I watch him and and Kenny – Kenny wants to win just as bad as the next guy, and I think, you know, I think he's doing a good job, and on, on paper, he's doing an outstanding job, so it's, you know, I, I hope the Cherokee continue to, to grow and develop and keep moving kids on, you know, feed our system. I mean, there's good kids at, this, at the junior level. They're going to be good kids at the college level, and then why not, why not strive for a national championship at the next level as well?
0: No question about it. Well, Andy, before I let you go here, a um, couple things. If you, as, as someone who played at, at the junior level, if you uh, were talking to a kid uh, that's here in Toledo or is getting ready to play junior hockey, what would be a, a piece of advice you'd want to give them?
1: Um, I think I'm going to take a page of my dad's book, and it's going to be, you know, always do the right thing. It's not what you do when somebody's watching. It's what you do when you think nobody is. Um, and what I mean by that is people are always watching. People always know who people are. And, uh, you know, you walk by a piece of trash in the parking lot somewhere at Kroger and you, you just you don't pick it up. You know, somebody's like, eh, okay. But if you take that second to pick that up, that might that might earn you a phone call from somewhere else, a call up. Or or you never know if a coach is, is you know, you're on the bubble or on the fence for if you're going to make the lineup that night and somebody sees you do something um, as... Innocent as that, but little things make all the differences. It, 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 you just you have to maintain professionalism at all times when you're in the public eye.
0: Well, all I can tell you is that um, all I can tell you is that it just it it, it bodes well for people. I, I always say you can have all the talent in the world, but if you got a ten cent head, mm. um, you know it ain't going to help. So, true. but Very true. Uh, now, uh, last thing. The, more than just uh, the people that play in your era listen to this podcast, all of them. The, you know, fan base, uh, former players from earlier times, later times. Uh, you know, like I said, the fan base. Uh, is there anything you want to say to them?
1: Yeah. Um, from, from my time there, uh, there are so many people that were so important. Um, Mike and Diana Robertson, um, Chuck Lemay. The Renegers, Doc, you know, everybody, um, we don't get those opportunities without those people taking those roles. The coaching staff of Coach Searing, Coach Omi, um, you know, Mick, I mean, everybody, it's everybody. It, it's it, thank you to everyone for making the Toledo Cherokee a legacy and not something that's just a in and out kind of half run, kind of half whatever um it's, it's a privilege to say that I'm a lump for, for an organization that that's run so long so strong and I I'll always be a fan I'm proud I am proud to be a Cherokee I'll be a Cherokee for life and it's um, again it's, it's surreal that I'm trying to build these relationships so I can still <laughs> selfishly still kind of be a part of the organization by trying to, you know, pull a couple of kids to, to the next level. So it's, um, I appreciate all the hard work from everybody, and I, I, I hope all the players stay healthy and they have great seasons, and I would love to see, you know, the team go to a national championship this year.
0: Amen to that, man, from your lips to God's ears, I'm telling you. Uh, so, Andy, I appreciate it, bud, I really do. And uh, we will be in contact for sure because not only uh, just from the standpoint of, of getting uh, – People to, you know, send, getting some looksies and getting you, you know, that stuff that you were talking about. But also the fact that when this COVID crap is over and done with, we are going to have ourselves a little reunion. We're going to have, oh. yes, we're going to have, uh, um, you know, whether we do alumni game, doesn't matter. We go, probably will do a, a thing where we get together uh, probably earlier in the season, since you guys start later than the junior season does, um, where we can get you guys together. To come and watch a Cherokee game, and uh, and and be able to sit in the stands, have a couple pops and tall tall tales, and have a few laughs, you know. And, and I'm sure, you know, between I figure between you and uh, and Labby, you guys will you guys will hold court. <clears>
1: oh, <throat> <laughs> well, you can't! I don't think you, you're not doing Scott Gardner any favors either. He uh, he's he's quite the unique soul himself. So yeah, it, it would be phenomenal. I I would love to see those guys. Um, you know, and, and I talk about these guys all the time. And, that, you know, my, my year and a half in Toledo was you know, some of the best years of my life. Um, yeah, I would absolutely love to, to see some, some former teammates and, and reminisce, just see how they're doing, you know, hear about their families, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, that'd be awesome. That'd be great.
0: Yep, we'll count on it. So anyhow, well, my friend, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. And uh, let's keep in touch, and we'll talk again soon.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Mick. I appreciate you having me on, and it was an absolute pleasure.
0: The pleasure is all mine. Well, that's going to do it here for Episode 41 of the Cherokee Rewind. My very special thanks to Mr. Andy Reynolds, goaltender extraordinaire. And uh, I once again, be sure to subscribe to whatever platform you use to download, uh, whether it's iHeart, uh, whether it's Spotify, whether it is uh, Google podcast, Amazon podcast, you just subscribe, put in Cherokee Rewind and subscribe to it. And every time a new episode drops, this, uh, they'll, it'll let you know. So you'll be able that way you don't miss an episode. So anyway, for Andy, I am Mick, and we will talk to you again next time on the Cherokee Rewind.